Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. I know we talked about restaurants not too long ago. Like, we talked about Subway a few weeks ago. But I'm curious, Mm -hmm. is there, like, restaurants in your mind that you think of immediately when you think of the worst price to portion ratio? Price to portion? portion that's a tricky one i have to i'll give you a i'll give you an easy one uh panera bread right up on the top of that list um because it is ten dollars for half a sandwich and a small bowl of a side that's crazy oh that's crazy uh chipotle because here's the thing with chipotle they'll give you enough but they're gonna take an arm and a leg for it chipotle is famous for charging more for extra things Right. So you can, it's not like they, the default is not to give you enough. That's not the default. I think if you order regular stuff, it's still going to be expensive. It's going to be a little bit less than you need. So you're like, all right, let me just get a little bit more. That little bit more, you're going to have to give your firstborn child for. Which is why you need to go to an authentic, like if you've ever been to one of those Mexican restaurants, that's like not even its own place. Like I specifically remember the Mexican restaurant that was inside a convenience store back home you had to walk through a convenience store it didn't even have its own entrance and that place was famous for meals being four dollars and they give you a burrito the size of your head right which is what it's like because i think nuance has this problem almost all um food trucks food trucks know your options are far away so that we can charge them whatever we want and it's never enough food that's also like rarely other combos it's the sandwich and then you gotta get fries and you gotta get a drink and they're all sold separately it sucks and then they give you your plate and it's just like a bunch of loose lettuce like nothing's even like properly put together and it's on a paper plate it's just like the laziest thing ever and they just under the guise of practicality i was just curious because i was at panera and after i was done i was like i don't know if i need to keep doing this um so i was just curious i had nothing more to say on the matter yeah i only go to panera for the drinks because nothing else is worth their price point that's the move. It really is the move. Um, let's move on and talk about our movie. We are talking about our final Transformers movie. We have reached the Oof. end of the path. We are talking about Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Because this movie is still in theaters, we're going to do it in two parts. We're going to start with a non-spoiler section, and then we'll pivot into a spoiler section. We'll give you another warning when we're about to hit that point. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie at all, however, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code. 32 minutes, 50 seconds. Um, so Transformers Rise of the Beasts might be one of the loudest movies I've ever seen. This movie oh, is loud. I thought it was my theater. I thought it was my theater. <laughs> I was so confused. Now, to be fair, I sat like right up front. I was very close to everything. And so I'm willing to put the blame on myself. However, specifically the beginning of this movie. The beginning of this movie starts like all Transformers movies do, where it's a flashback to like the setup of the movie. And so it's all Transformers just being so mechanically loud that I kind of forgot to factor that in when choosing where to sit. I sat in the middle of the theater, did not make a difference. Did not make a difference. Also, this is not a spoiler, I just don't, this is not a technical thing either. This is just like, 
going into this movie, I have no idea what is canon in Transformers and it's not. I, I have think no it's all idea. canon. I've heard that with the Bumblebee, everything coming afterwards is its own thing. But the movies themselves seem very careful to not contradict the Michael Bay movies. The movies like want to be their own universe, but they don't want to confuse the people that maybe don't know that. It's like they can't commit one way or the other. I didn't notice super hard. Um, like that didn't really affect my experience of it, but I definitely understand. Like it's kind of important to be like, hey, are, is the Michael Bay stuff like relevant, or should we not even worry about it? Well, the thing is, is like in Bumblebee, right? We learn about the war and Bumblebee coming here, and then this movie, Bumblebee's there. He's got the same face that he has in all of the movies, and Prime's talking to him, and I'm like, how did? What is? What's important right now? How are these other guys get get here? How long has it been since the last movie happened? I feel like this movie right now is in present day, and that movie's in like the 80s. So what's what's going on? I'm not really sure. Also, at the end of the movie, hold on, I do want to say real quick, the yeah. movie does open with a title card that says 1994. This whole thing takes place in 1994. Yes. Okay, I believe that. So that makes it a little... No, I'm still confused. Okay? Because the thing is, is 1994 was recent enough that, like, you can pay attention to the cars and everything's a little bit older, but not crazy. Like, I recognize that one of the Transformers is a Ducati. It's an old model, which tracks for 1994. However, at the end of the movie, this is not a spoiler. You find out about an agency. That agency is not Sector 7. So now, I'm thinking, well, what the heck? Like... What is, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. We'll get into so, that for sure. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any trouble keeping this movie straight. I think that um, in That's general. Just a pet peeve. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I like most of the people in this movie. I am going to go out I and say. I hope you hate the same person I do. I like Anthony Ramos the way that everyone mm-hmm. else likes Shia LaBeouf. Like, okay. I, yeah, I like saw too. that same energy, but, like, Anthony Ramos plays it, like, way better than I liked it, than, like, Shia LaBeouf. Um, similar energies, mm-hmm. I'm going to say. Anthony Ramos's character, like, is, is older, you know, has gone through some different things, isn't, like, a bratty teenager. So, But, like, he still has that same kind of, like, sarcasm about himself that Shia LaBeouf did. He just wears it a little bit better, in my opinion. Um, Pete Davidson was like really good in this. He voices like the main new Transformer. Oh my gosh, dude. I was trying to figure out who that was. Yeah, it's Pete Davidson and he does an amazing job. Like to the point where I was like genuinely impressed by his acting ability. Like I would have to rewatch King of Staten Island before like going out this far. But like this is one of my favorite if not the best pete davidson performance like just in general i liked it a lot dude mirage Um, by the way i like more than bumblebee he's so cool yeah he's got riz through the ears bro it's ridiculous like i just wanted i just wanted to hang out with him he's just a bro yeah um now, I let, let's talk about the character that I think we both don't like. Um and 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 that is the character of Elena Wallace. Um Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> I liked her at first. I was like, you know, she's she plays this museum intern that has a passion for research but isn't granted the opportunities and I'm like, "All right, I feel your struggle." I'm interested to see where this goes, but the big problem I had with her character was a lot of the line delivery felt very rushed 
and under-enunciated and just kind of in a different vibe than the rest of the movie was. So I don't know how you clean that up other than telling your actor to slow down. Yeah, dude. It, it got so to the point. Tricky. Yeah. Because I'm going to rag on her too. Um, She was also in Project Power with Jamie Foxx. Oh, yeah. And I hated her in that movie. And I hated her so much when she was in this movie. I'm like, oh, no, it's the chick from Project Power. (laughs) It's not. The thing is, she's also in Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a movie I liked. I don't remember her being in it. She's also in The Hate You Give, which is also a very good movie. So, like, so I I mean, 50-50 is not good when you make million-dollar movies. These are all big-budget movies. Yeah, so I didn't realize that I didn't like her until, like, halfway through the movie, which, like, is not a bad time, you know? (laughs) Better than me realizing I don't like you right off the bat, you know? At least I gave your character a chance. Yeah, like you. Um, yeah. But she was really the only character that I just like straight up did not like. Um, I liked all the Transformers in this one. One of your big complaints and my big complaints too is that the Transformers movies introduce too many and we can't keep them all straight. Um, even though that this movie has more Transformers than Bumblebee, it's and way easier. A lot of them are new to us. And yeah. you can still keep them straight. Because they introduce only like two new genuine Autobots and the rest are animals. So yeah. it's way, it's so easy. It's like, okay, that's the hot one. Um, that's the uh that's the Pete Davidson one, and the rest are animals. Yeah, it's so easy. Um, that being said, I could, I could tell which one is which. Still don't know their names. And the rhino never talked. <laughs> no, never talked. Yeah. Are you telling me that you don't remember Cheetor and Air Razor? Now that you say it, <laughs> I feel wild for not remembering their names. I remember Air Razor. Wasn't there another Razor? Oh, that's nope. not important. There's also Optimus Primal. Yes. And so that's the part of the lore that confuses me because when we talk about Sentinel back in Dark of the Moon, right? Uh, Optimus talks about how Sentinel was the previous leader of the Autobots. And the way they talk about Sentinel makes it feel like that change of power happened relatively recently. Um, Optimus Primal says out loud, I was named after you, the greatest warrior of Cybertron. But Optimus Primal has been around for thousands of years. So I guess Optimus Prime has been leading the Autobots famously for thousands of years? Dude, I don't know. It's just too confusing. It's one of those things that are like, I'm going to have to just let that go and not think about it. Chalk it up to lazy writing. Maybe they didn't watch the earlier movies. Yeah. So all this to say, I liked this movie a lot. Like, just to get some general impressions in the door before we move on. Um, I like this movie, I'm going to say just as much, if not more, than Bumblebee. Bumblebee and this movie gives me hope for the future of this franchise. I was worried that I was going to be never, I was never going to want to watch another Transformers after this. But the direction that this franchise is headed, I'm cool with them still making movies if they stay like this. Okay. I think this movie is better than Bumblebee. This is my second favorite Transformers movie of all time, outside the first one. I will say if they make a series, this is not going to be my favorite. This feels a lot like watching Thor in the Marvel Universe, where I'm like, Thor is not my favorite guy. But I do recognize that that movie is not that bad in the grand scheme of all Marvel movies. It's not that bad. 
It's actually pretty good. It's just not my guy, so it's not my movie. But I think like if this spins off into a series and there's like a whole universe built around it, like Bumblebee in this one, I'm going to see him. This movie did not ruin it for me. This is bringing it back. Yeah, I think that these new movies lean into the cartoonishness of the just the idea of the framework of the concept and i think that it does really well that that's that's the kind of approach that these movies have needed this entire time so that's why i think I'm this happy definitely to see is more like absolutely this movie is definitely more story than action and that's evident by the fact that michael bay is not directing like there is less action but there's way more story the character is a lot more easy to like relate with Route four, and its story is easy to follow. So I think the the plot, the writing, the dialogue is better. Not great, but definitely better. But there is a lack of explosions, <laughs> except for the explosion when the bad guy knocks someone down, says like a ruthless line into the camera, and then a CGI explosion happens behind him <laughs> as like well, a yeah. punctuation mark. <laughs> Besides that. Um, Do you want to move on to spoilers? I was going to say the same thing. Okay. uh, We're going to move on to spoilers. If you don't want to hear us spoil this movie, you can skip to this time code right here. Hey, guess what? It's the same one as last time. I'm just going to remind you. Time code, 32 minutes, 50 seconds. Uh, This movie made me want to watch the G.I. Joe movies. Yes. The Chain and all them. And I watched, by the way, I watched all of them already. And I had already watched Snake Eyes. I recently watched Snake Eyes. It's just like I'm down. Bro. I I did not expect that to go. I did not expect that to be the end result of me watching this movie. Was being like, damn, I gotta watch GI Joe now. <laughs> well, because during that entire scene, um, the dude from House of Cards is walking around like we're supposed to know who he is, and I'm like, also, I'm from- like, yo, this guy's kind of a big budget to sneak him in at the end of the movie. I'm like, this guy's got to be kind of expensive, and. I'm like, was he in the other Transformers movie and I just missed it? Is this like, is this the setup for Sector 7? If it is, it doesn't really look that familiar. And then he like flashes the G.I. Joe card and I'm like, never mind. This is way cooler. This is, this was the coolest way to end this movie. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm down, bro. They did a good job. I'm excited to watch the G- if they come out with I'm in a com- combination, which they have to now. It, it's going to be dope, bro. However, yeah. it's going to be all brand freaking new. <laughs> so they really need to wait till after the writer's strike. Because oh, they're going to yeah. need to go in overtime, dude. Because there's, there's nothing to back this up. Except they're both owned by Hasbro. Um, but to talk about the movie proper. Um, Can I talk about something that's pissed me off? And ever since the movie ended, it's pissed me off. Y- yeah. Um, What's up with freaking what's his name? I got to get the main character's name. Anthony Ramos? Okay, Ramos. I was going to say Reyes. Ramos. What's up with him freaking wearing a Transformer at the end? <laughs> that pissed me off so bad. I mean, this guy was a freaking garbage truck at one point in this movie. And you're wearing him? That made me mad. Listen, uh, when that happened, I had the active thought. I have two choices here. I can either get upset because this is objectively stupid or I can embrace the fact that he's wearing a Transformer and that's cool as hell. I decided to go. I chose the latter. I so Very rarely does a movie give you like a Telltale Games-esque fork in the road where your choice will matter for the rest of your life. And 
that was one of those moments where you have to decide am i am i gonna embrace the stupidity or am i gonna let the stupidity get to me and i chose to embrace it and let me tell you once you embrace it it's sick as hell you just like dude if there was gonna be a spinoff it shouldn't have been gi joe it should have been freaking power rangers (laughs) when that happened i'm like you've got to be right now he does kind of look like a megazord yeah dude and also when the animals are running i'm like i definitely saw this in fucking power rangers and i thought they were all gonna combine <laughs> well yeah because when they're going into the final battle and primal is like um uh go max uh, go maximum and then they turn into like humanoid robots i'm yeah. like I th- I'm like, I thought you were going to be bigger animals. I'm going to be honest. I thought the animals was the better part. I did not think that yeah. you becoming bipedal would have improved the situation. But I guess also, here I, we are. I thought they were going to all combine together. I thought I was watching Power Rangers. So that made me mad. Also, freaking Maximals, bro. So Maximals. here's... Here's where you, as an adaptation, have to make a choice, which is, again, another telltale fork in the road. Either you rename the stupid stuff, or you stay (laughs) true to the source material, which this did. I I have not consumed any other Transformers media. I just know this stuff because I'm chronically online. Um, Because, you know, no movie is going to come up with Maximals off the rip. Right, like they're they're based on this. This is based on an already existing Transformers arc right. called the Beast Wars, and you know the Maximals are in that as well. It's just frustrating. I'm not saying it's not stupid. I'm saying this is not the first version of it. I felt this movie was jumping the shark everywhere it could. It's like we have to show them something they haven't seen before, and they did it almost too many times. Also, I mean, I get that. Optimus is like Batman, and we have to have the Joker, the returning villain, over and over and over again, um, or somebody to go against Optimus. At this point, I don't know who anybody is. Like when I just know the bad guys based off of like how deep their voice is. When they introduce Scourge, I'm like, great, another one. How many villains does this guy have? Is it just <laughs> new ones? I don't know when the old ones are returning. I don't know when the, if the Joker's ever coming back. I don't know if we're going to have a Bane, a Riddler, a Two-Face. I'm like, are, does, are, do they have beef with everybody? Alex, I have... I'm, I'm finding it interesting what you're choosing to have beef with about this movie. Because right now, you're upset that this movie has an antagonist. I'm just like, bring back somebody we know. Okay, but if they had done that, Alex, I know you. If this, if Megatron was the antagonist for this movie, you would have been like, oh, so there's Megatron again, even though yeah, we see him the in thing. the other movies. <laughs> you could you could have shown me the origin of Megatron. If we're doing, if this is back in the 90s, take it back to the 90s and show me where stuff comes from, you know? Introduce me to Starscream. Where did he come from? But instead, I'm just, there's just a new guy. Who, by the way, I mean, he's is all destroying. but a god. He's destroying everybody in the first fight. Like it's yeah. not even close. Yeah. And then Reyes Ramos becomes a Power Ranger, and all of a sudden, this guy's landing shots. <laughs> like what? He's dude. Everyone's getting bodied in the first fight to the point where I'm like, well, we're gonna need an act of God. And turns out this guy works for God. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of a problem. I don't know, man. The fact that there was two keys, I don't know. The thing is, this movie, (laughs) it's on paper, it's trash. 
And then you see it and you're like, hey man, this isn't that bad. Um, I think it's a tribute to the director being like, all right, let me work my magic. But when you start telling people what this movie's about, it's a hard sell. <laughs> I think this movie is, uh, it's pretty tropey. You know, a lot of this is just kind of typical storytelling beats. It's not really unique in that fashion. But of course, a, I made a promise. I have to keep my promise. Whatever. Yeah. But I really think that if you just like look at it as a live action cartoon, all those things just kind of like disappear. They just dissolve into the ether of it all. Like at no point was I going into this expecting the prestige, you know, I wasn't (laughs) expecting the departed. I'm like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to watch a live action cartoon. And that's exactly what I got. And I am incredibly satisfied by that. I think I go into it being like, all right, we got a new cast. We got a chance to start over. Let's see what they do. And I don't know why I keep doing that to myself. Because it's like me being like, oh, I'm going to make another Batman reference. I'd be like, oh, they got Joaquin as the Joker. I bet this could have a totally different tone. I just got done with a whole trilogy of Christopher Nolan's Batmans. There's a bunch of other Batmans that all have their own tone. Let me go into this movie. It's going to be completely different. It's not. If it's all canon, it's all canon, and they can't like have a bunch of tonal shifts. Bumblebee is the most different movie. And I thought after Bumblebee, they were going to have another tonal movie. Like, okay, that's the coming of age. This is going to be something else. It's not. They're like, let's go back to the, the original formula. Alex was out here expecting, you know, genre movies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. I Whatever. really like all the powers that the Transformers have. Um mirage like duplicating himself and using that in combat and also you know driving from the police was very cool i thought that mirage had a very strong introduction um when he transforms when mirage transforms from driving backwards to driving forwards i thought that was a really cool sequence um he just has a bunch of really cool moments i will say mirage definitely kills some cops during that car chase oh yeah like he runs a light and a cop follows him and then that cop gets t-boned by like a gas truck or something and they do a shot of inside the caravan of the car to let you know like hey he's still in there and i'm like i don't know if that's better (laughs) um and then in the same chase sequence uh one of the cops is following the holographic projection and the hologram disappears. And then he drives right into those water barrels that separate the off ramp. Oh, and so dead. Yeah. Going no less than 60 miles an hour. No uh, less, dude. It was bad. Um, This movie does run into the problem of even though it's a prequel, we have more advanced technology. Uh, like the museum that Elena works at was just like digitally scanning this artifact with rotating cameras in a way that I'm not sure that it would. Um, but Dude, I'm like, it was wild. It was scanning something to 3D print. It's 3D printing technology without the actual printing part. It's the scanning it to create a digital render. What? Yeah. Um, but it, it's not that big enough of a problem to where like I felt like I needed to stop in my tracks and complain yeah. about it. Um, I think this is my favorite crew of Autobots. Um, the Volkswagen, I could take him or leave him, whatever. But okay, me too. He got introduced late too, so worth it. Yeah. Also, the plane, I'm out on the plane too. 
Is it? That's not the same plane from Rise of the Fallen, right? No. Okay. I'm saying that confidently, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's no. Um, because that's the only other plane we've met in this franchise. I just thought it'd be worthy to ask, but like. Yeah, I don't think so. The crew of Optimus, B, R, C, Motorcycle and, Chick, um, yeah, Mirage. Mirage, that is a strong crew. And yeah. I was just down to clown with them. This is also maybe like the most realistic attitude Optimus Prime has had this entire franchise. Yeah, where like, where he actually acts like a boss. And also, for the last five movies, he was like, we must protect the humans. They have called us home. They've let us call this planet home. But in this movie, nothing good has happened to them yet. So he's like, yo, that's a human. They are going to kill us. And it's just completely apprehensive of the humans for 85% of this movie. And... It's the first time that, like, Optimus is, like, making sense in terms of trying to protect his people. Yeah. I will say. There were some things that, like, I just didn't like how... I'm just going to say it. I don't know how to set this up. If the human is carrying something valuable and you can turn into something that goes really fast, get them out of there. Yeah. The amount of yelling Transformers like, get out of here, get out of here. I'm like, you're a vehicle. Specifically... there's a moment when they're taking the key from the museum when uh, yes, dude. when the two human characters meet for the first time and Mirage is like, you guys need to go and then turns around to fight a bad guy and not a big bad guy, some small bad guys. I'm like, you could have just transformed and gotten them out of there and not had to worry about the bad guys at all. You could have just left. I think I'm so used to that happening in the older movies. Because Bumblebee just, like, jumps off the top of a building, grabs him, transforms into a car, and drives away. Like, that's his move. He does it all the time. Optimus does it a couple times. That just never happens in this movie. That just does not happen. So I kept waiting for that to happen, and whatever. Also, Mirage is a sick-ass Porsche, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, Mirage is maybe, has, like, the consistently the best versions of vehicles. Yeah. I freaking liked it a lot. Um, I want to talk about oh, man, bro. some other stuff real quick. Um, I, we already talked about how Pete Davidson had a really good performance. Um, Michelle Yeoh, I feel like didn't have to be Michelle Yeoh. She Who did does. She, play? fu- she plays Air Razor. Yeah, didn't have to be her. Um, it, it's cool that it was her, but I was kind of like listening for her and trying to figure out which one she was. And when I realized it was Air Razor, it didn't really like change my opinion of it at all. Um. But I can't believe I'm about to say this. I really liked Liza Koshy in this movie. Liza Koshy voiced RC, the motorcycle one. Yeah. And, like, I'm glad I didn't know it was Liza Koshy going into it. Because I didn't know until you just told me. And so finding out now, I'm like, all right, get it, girl. That was that was pretty good because RC does not contribute much. She is a personality hire. Um, but... I still I felt like she was one of the more charismatic characters in this movie. And even though she doesn't talk a lot, I'm like, yes, RC, get it. I also really liked her fighting style because we hadn't because she's like the most nimble of all the Autobots that we've seen so far. She also has a real face. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Very human like face. And it's (laughs) off putting the first time you see it. Um, Like this robot was designed to be hot, kind of. And you kind of have to like (laughs) unpack some emotions when you like notice that. Um, 
So just overall, I really liked the cast of this movie. Um, I really liked the action, even though there wasn't as much of it. When things started going down, it really went down, and I was here for it the whole time. There were very few parts of this movie that I just straight up didn't like. Like, the... Um, when they first land in Peru, up until they find the key at the village, like specifically at the village, it gets revealed to them. That whole section, whatever, take it or leave it. Um, yep. But then once they once the key gets reintroduced into the system, then the movie picks up again. And I'm kind of on board until the end. Listen, bro. Just at the end of the day, this is still a Transformers movie. Yeah. You know, can't change it. It can be a good Transformers movie. Still a Transformers movie. Um. It's still going to have... Bro, I think this movie has more family than Fast and Furious. It's not even referenced that much, but when it's on, bro, it's laid on thick. Oh, I remember what I wanted to say. Uh, The guy who's trying to get Ramos to steal the vehicle and then comes back at the end talking about how that Porsche will never run. That's Toby Toby Ngwigway. He's a rapper. And then he he raps the song that's played over the credits. Shout out my man, dude. I think he's also yeah. friends with like Dave Chappelle and stuff. I recognize him when I'm saw him like, is that Toby? And his wife, I think, is also on the soundtrack. She's not in the movie, though. Not a bad character. I think this might be the first time he's ever acted in anything. It's not bad. Now, the dialogue leaves something to be desired, but it's a Transformers movie, so no hate. This is one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Um, I think I'm giving it i don't remember what i gave bumblebee um you gave bumblebee a 7.25 <clears throat> okay so i'm gonna plant this one at a controversial but yeah i can feel it coming feel yeah it coming. dude it's gonna be a 7.5 Jeez. I, <laughs> dude i i like this movie a lot i think i want this franchise to continue like how this movie was built this okay. let me put it this way on top of me wanting to watch gi joe stuff i want to watch other transformers stuff like i thought i was going to be genuinely burnt out from this franchise but like i want to watch more stuff that focuses on cybertron because this movie is about you know cybertron lore and unicron and like cybertron stuff and i just want to watch more of that uh, i think that's a hot take i think that's a hot take because I okay. think you want to watch Transformers transform, and I can't imagine there's a lot of transforming on Cybertron. Oh, this also solves the problem that we were having last time. Of In this movie, they don't have human bullets. They have energy blasts like you would yeah, expect just them lasers to. lasers and stuff. It makes you think, why the change? I like that they did it, though. It makes a lot of sense. I'm going to give this movie a second best for the series, but a slightly above mid-rating, uh, 6.25. Sure. Um, yeah. It's not bad. Um, I don't think it's the best for new people. I still think Bumblebee is the new people, new to Transformers. You should watch Bumblebee. Rise of the Beast is it is the second, I would say second, or it's top three Transformers, hands down. You can, I don't think you can argue that. I think you can probably put one of the Shia LaBeouf ones in there. You're going to put Bumblebee in there, and I think this one rounds it out with three or two, depending how you look at it. Um, I'm not mad about it. I think there's some things they can improve on, and they know that, and we know it, and the audience knows it. Um, but the way they set up G.I. Joe at the end is dope. We got new characters, new Transformers. Bumblebee is not the star of the show, and I think I needed a break from him. Even though I like <laughs> yeah. him, I needed a break. So having Mirage is pretty dope. All new actors across the board, even though we didn't like one of them. I think it's a fresh, pretty close to fresh start. Hopefully the next one doesn't jump to like modern day. We just lose all this and we start with new people again. 
God. That'd be three Transformers movies in a row. Um, but I'm not mad about it. 6.25 is not bad for a franchise film. It really isn't. Is Rise of the Cobra the first one? It looks like it. G.I. Okay. Yeah. I'm just planning on, you know. I, I can picture one of the sh- scenes from G.I. Joe that was in the trailer. It's such a cool movie. It's like, I, I kind of want to watch it again, too. Yeah, dude. Oh, I, I freaking I think hate we that gotta. we're doing this. Because I'm looking at Ugh. these movies, they do not have high scores, but I, I watched them when I was a teenager, and I know <laughs> I liked them. I know I liked them. Freaking yikes, dude! How many are there? Only two, and Snake Eyes. Okay, already watched Snake Eyes. I'd be down to watch both of them. Yeah, two is not bad. Yeah. All right, um, let's move on to our improv segment. I don't sure. remember the last time we did this, but what? Whatever. Who cares? Um, consistent cutaways for funsies. Um, this cool. is a this is a segment where we do a scene and then when the scene provides, we cut to a different event referenced by the scene, perspective of the scene. We do like a family guy style cutaway and then we come back to the original scene. Um, I did not have a scene prepared though. Um, um, all right, let me go into my my mind meld. Okay. Coming off of Father's Day, we're heading into 4th of July. Fireworks Factory. There's no way that's going to be anything. That's nothing. Fireworks Factory. Um, Okay. Okay. Hold up. I got it. Safety inspector at a fireworks factory. Beautiful. (laughs) Okay. So for this scene, I'll go ahead and let you be the safety instructor. And we're doing an annual checkup. I'm the head manager of the factory. I'm running you through everything. Before we go into 4th of July production. Okay. What you don't hear, audience, is the pregnant pause because nobody said who was going to start the scene. And Alex has a deep fear of starting scenes because he doesn't know what tone to bring. I hate starting scenes. (laughs) Because I'm the one that usually sets the tone and Alex kind of just piggybacks on that. And because if Alex sets the tone, Lord (laughs) knows it's going to be pretty heavily edited down. Um, uh, (laughs) Hey, Jason, um, uh, thanks for stopping by. I know that like, um, uh, I know this is kind of last minute, but we needed our annual check done out of the way. We're about to go into big production. Um, and we just wanted to make sure that everything was in order before we set off. All right. Um, cool. Chase, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've been doing this for seven years. Yeah. But I will, I want to remind you and this, I think this is the first year I've noticed it. It's not really my job to tell you how to set stuff up. It's me to tell you where you did stuff wrong. You're kind of already supposed to know how things are supposed to go and I'm supposed to help you notice bad things. It's not really my job to tell you how to be safe because that's scary. You know, but like everything seems safe to me as long as you don't do it wrong. Everything's safe if you do it right. You know, I feel like when you said that it made sense. But I think that just happened to be like words that have that are used to being next to each other. (laughs) So I don't really know what you meant by that. Um, So let's just go off the checklist. Okay, let's. Okay. One, uh, where is the majority of your pyrotechnics and gunpowder located? Uh, in the driest spot of the room, under a su- under a window with a bunch of sunlight. Okay. Um, so you're telling me it's just out in the open, like in a pile, like right over there? Yeah. Uh huh. Do you not do other gunpowder factories not have loose gunpowder just kind of floating around? Cuts to a factory with loose gunpowder just 
floating around. Yeah. Hey, buddy, you can't smoke in here. <laughs> what are you talking about? Hey, man. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. So I just um. Is that is that not where that should go? Should I move? Should I move it? Needs it needs to be in a container. In a in container. In a secluded, secluded part of the building, probably in its own sec. A lot of people use bunkers. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, it's important. Hold on, that wait. That's what the bunkers for? But you have a bunker. You're just not using it. No, we're using it. We're just using it for like office parties. Cut to a bunker party. It's pretty cold down here. Hey, man. But at least there's a tornado warning. We won't even know. Yeah. Hey, d- did you? Uh, you uh, secure that gunpowder before the tornado warning went into effect? Nah, it should be fine. It's not like I put it by a window or anything. Also, this freaking acoustics in here, insane. Insane. I can hear like three versions of myself. Hey, do you think? Hey, hey, Chase. Dude, the echo in this is crazy. Hey, Chase, do you think that Angela really wants to be with me? I don't know who, uh, who is that? Have you mentioned them before? Dude. Is this company that big? The new girl, Angela. You know who she is, right? No. I'm not in charge of hiring. Cuts to Angela's first day. So, um, how big is this company? Pretty big. I'm probably never going to see you again after finishing this tour of the building. Oh, okay. Do we have, like, Christmas parties or anything I'm going to run into you at? Um, we have some office parties down in the bunker, but, like... I really only talk to Derek in there. I'm not really like a social butterfly. Wait, did you say bunker? Cuts to them making the bunker when the factory's first set up. Oh, hey, what do you think they're going to use this thing for? Well, you know, uh, whatever we do contract work for a fireworks factory, um, these, these bunkers seem to be getting easier and easier as time goes by. So I'm hoping that it's just for some... Uh, gunpowder confinement because if they have like office parties in there and like weaken the foundation of the bunker when they do store gunpowder in here it makes it like way less safe like if something blows up the bunker will fall apart dude it's probably to be honest if that ever happens it might just be safer to store by like an open window or something as even if like the sun is shining directly on it like it could not be worse than a weakened bunker system yeah to be honest, you kind of just got to commit to it in the beginning. If you're going to have parties, you've ruined it for eternity. We're going to have to come right back out here. Yeah. Somebody cut Cuts all back. the way back to the top. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we we've have been holding office parties in there for like 25 years, I think. I remember someone telling me something about like once there's an office party, you can't put gunpowder in there. Something about a foundation. Um, That sounds stupid. <laughs> Whoever told you that was lying to you. You, you know what? I would just stop what you're doing now, have all of it moved to the bunker. It's just way too safe to have it moved in the open. God forbid someone smokes a cigarette or something out here. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) No one smokes cigarettes here anymore, okay? It's all vape technology. Uh, Nothing is ever on fire here. So, But but you know what? You're the safety inspector. We're going to go ahead and we're going to move that stuff down there. Um, uh, Hey, Derek. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, what's up? Um. Can you move all the loose gunpowder and just put it in the bunker? Can't you have the new chick do it? She knows how to drive a forklift, right? Why would you use a forklift? It'd be easier to just like carry it by hand, scoop it, put it in a barrels. We have the barrels. Hey, man, this is like my fifth day working here. And to be honest, I'm only here so that my parole officer doesn't freaking hunt me down and kill me. He's a pretty mean guy. <laughs> Got to this meeting with the parole officer. Hey, I'm going to get one thing out of the way real fast. I'm a pretty mean guy, and I'm going to kill you unless you work at this firework factory. 
You're telling me I can't miss one day of work at the fireworks factory or is he going to kill me? Listen, I have a brother that works there and I'm doing him a favor by giving you a job. And I'm doing you a favor by making sure that you have structure in your life. So if you follow through, if you fall through on the promise, if you don't follow through on the promise, not only will you be breaking your structure, therefore ruining your life, you'll be damaging my word because this is my reputation on the line. Cuts back to the last time his reputation was on the line. If you let one more parolee run around doing whatever he wants, you're going to be out of a job. You listen here. You think that just because I let half a dozen parolees wander free a week after they leave their prison sentence, that makes me a bad parole officer? Uh, you're right. Yeah. You're Hold on. You're right. No, now that I've said that out loud, that makes sense. You know, yeah. You're right. Half I'll of them harder. ended up right back in prison. Like they, oh. these were murderers. Okay. They, we thought like, they were reformed. You're supposed to keep an eye on them. I don't care if you have to threaten them with death. You better make sure every single one of them is where they're supposed to be. Or else I'm holding you accountable. Cuts back to the firework factory. So can you just move can you just move the barrels down into the bunker? I guess, man, but you got me for like one more hour, so this better take an hour or I'll see what's gonna have to happen on Monday. Can it wait until Monday? I mean, yeah, maybe, but I, I really think this bunker thing needs to get done as fast as possible. I, if, uh, Derek, Derek, is that your name? Uh, yeah, man. Um, I don't want to tell you to rush because this is pretty, pretty sensitive stuff. But I think it'd be best if you did it today. Um, hey, uh, Jason, I just want to say, uh, I really would not recommend bossing around my employees. They really only respect me as a leader. Oh, and it's done. Oh, it's done. Oh, Der- Derek finished it, huh? I really yeah, man, I got someone to be. Can I leave early today? No, that was that was actually very impressive. Um, no, yeah, you go, you go do your thing. Cool, man. I got somebody to take care of. Cox gun. <laughs> Dude, that was. We went deep on a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> that was sweet. Okay, middle segment. Yes, we're doing another bracket boys, and I know we did bracket boys recent, but. I food. was inspired with this idea and I needed to do it as quickly as possible before I forgot. I have created a, a bracket for my favorite things and you must choose your favorite thing out of my out of favorite, favorite things. things. Okay. Um, this list is a little bit longer, but I feel like we're going to move through it pretty quickly. Um, and these aren't just like things, things like their experiences, life events, Etc. Um, okay, here's the first matchup. A natural cheese pull on a slice of pizza versus when you let out gas and you feel the difference afterwards. That one for sure. I don't get cheese pulls. Okay. I don't get it. I know it's like a big thing in movies, like especially like TMNT. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're t- right. Dude, the turtle's a big fan of cheese pulls. I just like, I want separation. For me, it's a sign of a bad cut, um, especially because I have to share it with other people. Not a fan of cheese pulls. That's out immediately. All right. Next pair. Beating a difficult boss fight or level after more than an hour of trying versus a movie that you need to watch the credits just so you can decompress. Okay. This is tricky. Can I get the... I want want to hear the phrasing perfectly for the first one. What's that one again? Beating a difficult boss fight or level after more than an hour of trying. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, An hour is a long time and that's right about when i start googling how to do it <laughs> and i feel i i don't like that i like getting things first a couple 
tries. If it's a long level, then under an hour might still be the first or second try. It just doesn't feel good. When I finally beat them, it's not satisfying for me. Um, but I also don't like staying for credits to do. I'm not uh, upset about it. Sometimes, like, if the music's good, yes. But staying for the credits alone, like, by itself, doesn't do anything for me. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go credits for this one. Yeah, I'm going credits. All right. <clears throat> this next matchup, I think, is going to be kind of difficult, actually. Oh, by the way, at the end of this, you have to tell me what your number one would be oh interesting okay um here's the next matchup videos of people telling their parents that they're going to be grandparents uh nope oh wow okay Don't versus care. chili's bar one. and grill chili's bar and grill okay i i know i really like uh videos of like people finding out they're going to be grandparents and i don't or, care like, about any of that stuff dude i don't the, care about people hearing for the first time seeing colors for the first time People coming back from like long deployments, um, telling people going to be grandparents for the first time. Because for me, it's like, why am I seeing this? This is none of my business. Let that person enjoy their moment. But instead, you had to post it on social media for clout. And or if you don't do it for clout, you just want to. You can, I guess, say under the guise of making other people feel good. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel weird. You know? Yeah, sure. It'd be like, I don't even want to draw comparisons. It just feels weird. So not that whatever the other thing is it was chili's bar and grill cool all right next pair up a cotton candy blue to cotton candy pink color gradient does that make sense yep and no okay and versus spider-man traversing the city effectively and with flourish so cool bro i remember when the first like when it came out on playstation 2 and you got to be spider-man you just swing on webs forever you didn't need to go anywhere just be like i want to go to the tall spot and then i want to dive to a and then wait a really long time before I shoot my web and see how close I can get to the... It's all freaking fun. I would buy a PlayStation for that game alone, and I'm thinking about it. So, definitely that. Next matchup. Making everybody laugh while playing a Jackbox game before <sighs> it's revealed that that was your joke. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Versus good one. cosplay with practical effects or moving parts. Uh... Here's the thing. I'm going to go with the second one. If it's got practical effects and moving parts, right? Yeah. I'm just thinking of like a dope like Buzz Lightyear and the mask goes up and down and you can press buttons and then you can look at your wrist and call somebody because it's actually a walkie-talkie that works. Yeah. That's freaking sick. Okay. Anything with like retractable wings is a big thing for me. Oh, yeah, dude. Or like Frozone, mask goes down. You click your, like you jump up, your shoes just coming to ice skates like all this stuff is so freaking cool because nobody else is doing it and it's so hard the thing about people all laughing at your thing which is a big one for me is by the time it gets around to you like at the end we find out who it is it doesn't quite hit the same like i need the glory when it's happening you know what i mean <laughs> okay yeah sure this delayed gratification it's not the same because by the time that's happened people have seen like a couple other funny ones that are kind of funny but they forgot how good yours was. So by the time it gets to you, you get one, two people who look in your eye and be like, hey, man, that was really good. And that's it. So I'm going practical effects. I need right. glory. Uh, when the on-again, off-again TV show couple finally stays together oh, versus hate that. when you're hungry and you don't er, – sorry. When you're hungry and you drink water and you feel the water go all the way down your esophagus. <laughs> that, 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 bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's so much that dude there have been times where i have to drink and i'm so thirsty but i wait even longer 
So it feels better when I do it. <laughs> that is so freaking nice. I think this is an unfair matchup too. Because I don't like the on again, off again. I like the, do they even really belong together? Like they're cool and they're flirty. They just haven't happened yet. And then okay. they finally do it. But when they get together and they break up and they get together again, I I'd immediately root against them when that happens. That's I'm totally there for the fair. first time. That's that that's totally fair. There is like there is like a precipice of excuse me, a precipice of number of times it's acceptable. Like yeah. I think the blueprint is like Jake and Amy in Brooklyn Nine Nine, where like they had some like weird like they never were on again, off again. But like they never were ready to commit to each other. And it's so just like when a they flirty chemistry. Do, yeah, I dig that. I like that. Okay. Um, but a lot of people just put them together. I don't need all that stuff. Give me water all day, every day. <laughs> Next one: knocking out a Pokemon in one hit versus when outer space is depicted as very purple and blue. I don't care about either one of these things. It's not even that I don't like them. Um, because the thing is, is if I can kill it in one, it usually means the level's too low and I'm barely getting XP from this, you know? Sure. So it's like almost a waste of PP. Um, purple and blue space. I think total black darkness space is cooler. It's like scary almost. Okay. Um, I guess I'm gonna go Pokemon just because I don't care about space and at least I have an opinion on Pokemon. But it's gonna lose. So whatever's in the second round it goes against, it's gonna lose. All right. Statistics. Just the concept of statistics, having statistics, fan, looking at statistics fan. versus yeah. lavender scented things. No, big fan of stats, as we call All them right. in the streets. Give me the stats, bro. That one would have been my hardest matchup. Like, those two should not have been pitted against each other so quickly. Um, no, I'm, a big, I'm a big stats guy. I don't even remember what the other thing was. That's how big a fan of stats I am. All right. The part of a movie where they break down the mystery and every new piece of information is incredibly satisfying <sighs> versus oh, yeah, when a song is so dramatic that singing along with it brings you an emotional catharsis. What a paired up, dude. Right? Okay, so I love it when like they break it down. All the information that was barely relevant, you kind of remember it. You're like, oh my gosh, I should have been paying attention to that. Yeah. That feels great. However, I like songs where like it's almost so good that you sing quietly so you can still hear it. Okay. You're like I this like there's this one song we talked about it like a year ago. And like I don't even like Greatest Showman. The soundtrack's insane. Yeah. There's uh-huh. one song that I'm like, I can't even sing this. This is the this is the the bane of every person who's not a freaking tenor has to oh, deal with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't freaking sing this. I can sing it in my falsetto, which is not gonna sound the same. So let me just sing it quietly and close my eyes and let the music be loud and let the soprano or tenor who's singing it like really come through. That feels yeah. Great. Is that what you're going with? The song? I think I'm gonna go with that. Because here's the okay. thing. I've seen so many people break down mysteries badly trying to do it that I, i'm not going to encourage it all right next pair up a peanut butter and jelly sandwich just had one versus, tonight <laughs> versus someone offering to rub your back oh peanut butter and jelly dude i eat peanut butter and jellies six times a week about okay four to six times a week um i always get weird when people rub my back not a fan no one has the pressure right it also it depends on who's doing it. It can make it even weirder. The above the shirt, under the shirt, it's all weird. Are the shoulders included? Are we, is it just rubbing? Are we doing oil? Is it just dry? Because that's going to irritate me. That just hurts my skin. It's like a rug burn. So It's just all too much. Also, are we doing like the tapping when you turn your hand sideways and you like cry chop? 
Are we just rubbing? It's it's all too much. I'm not interested okay. in back rubs. Not interested. Uh, next pair. When actors learn to sing for a movie and it turns out really well versus seeing okay. friends after an incredibly work-focused week. Uh, acting. The actors. Yeah. Seeing um, friends after work-focused week. Then they're like, how was your... It's just... Ugh. You know? And then I, final pair up of round one. Yeah. When you brush your teeth and you feel the bad breath go away versus when yep. improv is so good it feels scripted. That that for sure, 100%. Because the thing is, one's a good feeling. One is like, this is so good. I hope other people are around. I want as many people to feel this and see this as possible. So I'm going improv 100%. You would have a couple episodes like that where I'm like, dude, are we reading lines? <laughs> this is great. I'm All going right. that. Round two. When you let out gas and you hard. feel the difference afterwards versus yep. a movie that you need to watch the credits just so you can decompress. Feel different afterwards. All right. Feels good, dude. It's like you're not even sick anymore. You feel lighter. <laughs> uh, Chili's Bar and Grill versus Spider-Man Traversing the City effectively and with flourish. Spider-Man, bro. Spider-Man has like, they both have nostalgia. Spider-Man's like, because Chili's, the, the things need to add up, you know? It needs to be a night off of work. Hopefully, it's happy hours. You can get cheaper drinks. The serve, they're probably going to mess up your food, but that's okay because you've had like 10 $3 margaritas. It just kind of needs to add up. Spider-Man will always be fun on every console, every generation. <laughs> it's Spider-Man, bro. All right. Uh, cosplay with practical effects versus drinking water when you're hungry. Water. Give me the water. It's so good. I'm thinking about it right now, bro. I knew that that was going to be one of those things that you were either going to love or hate. Um, Dude, I'm thinking about it right now. Oh, uh, Can I just go ahead and remove knocking out a Pokemon in favor of statistics? Yep. Give me the All statistics. Right. I like my favorite thing about statistics is when people are like, they combine two completely unrelated things. Or when some statistics is so crazy that they just make up a scenario. Like, this guy was so good. If he only played basketball on Fridays and he took his stats from Fridays, he'd still be number one. Like, I love oh, stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, dude, I never even thought of it like that. Or a billion dollars is so much, so much money that, like, if you got a dollar or if you got paid $100,000 when Jesus was around, every single month you still wouldn't have enough money. Like, I love stuff like that. Give me the statistics, bro. Um, when a song is so dramatic that singing along brings an emotional catharsis versus a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So this is tricky because this is my, this is my daily driver, my everyday against like a special moment because it, it, this, the song, it doesn't happen every day. It doesn't, it happens like once a week on a good week. Sometimes it's only a couple times a month, but peanut butter and jelly is all, it's all reliable, bro. It's like when, uh. I mean, I'm making this podcast way too long with every single analogy I'm pulling out of my <laughs> butt right now. But when you like finally get to kiss that that person you've been thinking about, you're like, oh, that feels good. Versus being in hang able to hang out with the boys when you're going to school and you're like, hey, school sucks, but at least I get to hang out with you in like every single one of my classes. Like you almost want to just be like, hey, one kiss with the girls can't compare to all the good times we had. I so think this one's getting away from you a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna feel free to edit that out. I stand by it, but I'm going peanut butter and jelly. All right. When actors learn to sing for a movie versus improv yeah. so good it feels scripted. Yeah, okay, here's the thing. It's it's about me being happy for me or me being like happy for other people. Because when you get to hear somebody sing for the first time, like in Lay Miss, I heard people sing for the first time. I'd never heard them sing before. And I was impressed. 
but it's still me being happy for other people or just enjoying an experience. When improv is scripted and it's me, or when you're watching it, it's like magic. So I'm going that. Okay. Um, and then and the, um, let's see. And then just to keep kind of like the seed balanced, we're gonna go in the reverse order. Um, when pe- uh peanut butter and jelly sandwich versus improv so good it feels scripted. <sighs> I'm going improv so good it feels scripted. All right. It's so good, dude, that they'll just put it on Netflix. So I'm doing that. And then uh, when you're hungry and drink water versus statistics. <sighs> This is hard. That that one's hard, yeah. This is hard. Statistics are so good. Here's the problem with statistics. There's so many good statistics you can't even remember. <laughs> I guess. There's there's so many. Like I there's like there's a Reddit page like uh, data is beautiful. Yeah. And there's so much good content that you end up it all blends together. Also, do you know how dumb you feel? When like you quote something and you're like, did you know that like 94% of all living beings or all living things live in the water and not on land? And then someone Googles it and they're like, actually, it's 84, not 94. You're like, it's still impressive, you know, but you have to get the numbers right. So I think that's what's wrong with statistics. You have to get the numbers right. I'm going water on this one. Okay. No Uh, one followed my train of thought on that last one, but that's okay. When you let out gas and you feel the difference versus Spider-Man traversing the city. Spider-Man, bro. Spider-Man all day. Nostalgia is carrying that one heavy. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead. We were left with three, so I'm going to give you all three at once. Spider-Man traversing the city. When you're hungry and you drink water. And when improv is so good, it feels scripted. <sighs> bro, this is awesome. I'm getting rid of Spider-Man because it's Sony exclusive. <laughs> Okay. And also, just for the record, I never said video game. Alex just put video game in there for himself. I because think that movies is not as cool. It's okay. not as cool. Because okay. I'm not in control. I'm just, I feel like, because that, here's the thing. It's a lot like Tony Stark taking off and doing cool stuff. Or when you watch like Baby Driver, he's doing cool stuff with the car. Like, that's cool. But if I was driving, it'd be cooler. So like putting it in movie form is actually the lesser form for me. So if I can't even have it in video game form, movie form doesn't matter. So I'm taking Spider-Man out. So it's water versus improv. Golly, bro. This goes back to the freaking peanut butter and jelly and the, and the musical moment. Because one of them is magic. And the other one you can manufacture every single day into your life if you wanted to. But that would I be pretty would annoying to go out of your way. Like, can you imagine a person that was like and hungry every day? Can you imagine like the guy at work that's like, yeah, I do some intermittent fasting, not because like I'm trying to lose weight or anything, but because I really like the feeling of water going down my esophagus. But you know what you could do is you, when you go to bed, you could put a dehumidifier in your room so you wake up, you're freaking parched. <laughs> I guess. And yeah. then just have a cold glass of water in your <laughs> fridge is just waiting for you. Have a mi- have a mini fridge in that room so you can just open it right when you wake up. Oh, that'd be freaking amazing. <laughs> Here's the thing though. I would drink room temperature water for the rest of my life on a full stomach and not be thirsty if I could have magical moments in improv just more often. Okay. If I could get those just more often, like one in five. I would get rid of all my special moments with water. Oh wow! So is is uh, the... just drinking, just drinking. Obviously, I'm not giving up my like swimming ability or anything crazy. So the champion of this 24 item tournament is when improv is so good it feels scripted. Yep. All right. I'm gonna be honest. That was not what I expected. That was the last thing I put on the list, and I put <laughs> it on like 90 seconds before we started recording. I'm like, uh, I need a 24th thing to even out this bracket. Wow. Um, what did, what would your pick 
for me have been? What did you think was going to go further? So once you started talking about statistics, that one I felt had a very strong chant. Um, and then like any of the movie stuff, I expected to go pretty far. Oh, I also kind of expected gotcha. brushing your teeth and feeling the bad breath go away. Just because I know that you like you enjoy having your body at like a generally clean experience and so yeah the process of making your body clean i feel like would have done something for you it's a hard it was i mean it had a hard first round like its opponents were insane so it sure. got cleared on first round what was your what was your number one pick or give me like your top three or something um i probably would have gone like um statistics and lavender scented things was a brutal matchup for like that would have been hard for me to choose between um Hungry and Drinking Water was also a very strong contender. Breaking Down a Movie is a strong contender. So, hey, guess what? They're, they're all things I enjoy. <laughs> so yeah, a lot fine. of them could have made it far. All right. I guess we push on to the one hit wonder. Hey, um, don't do that again. Yeah. Just don't do that again. <laughs> me listen i'm all for you experimenting <laughs> trying out new tones but that i'm as your friend i'm gonna tell you that one didn't work <laughs> i should do that and probably just make that one person's voice that'd be brutal um, i didn't like it when i was doing it. um i just didn't like that person uh we're gonna do jump in the shark and this is when we have a movie that uh the executives are bringing back a uh, rebooting if you will but it needs to have a spin on it or and it needs to have something that gets new audiences in. So we're going to name a movie and name a genre that's n not like the movie at all. And then you have to pitch it. And then you can do it for me. I'll do it for you. And then we'll see which one's better. And we do it like twice. So you okay. can pick them. You pick your own movie. The other person picks the genre. Oh, okay. And then we, we do pitch versus pitch. So what movie do you want me to gender bend for you? Freaking gender bending. All right. All right. All right. Let's do... Southpaw. Southpaw? Okay. We're doing Southpaw. Can you go ahead and make that oh, yeah. a, a, a sci-fi movie for me? What the heck? <laughs> I don't know if I know how. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. Okay. So Jake Gyllenhaal, after winning the championship on Earth... <laughs> 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 has to now go fight elite boxers from other colonies of earth so we sent a colony to mars we sent a colony to other planets we sent a colony to other universes and attest how well their fighters are doing in their physical performance each world each version of human is sending their best version so at least he's fighting other humans but he gets to fight you know this group's everyone's best championship and now, instead of a world champion, we're going for a universe champion. And it's a boxing that takes place on the International Space Station. And it's <laughs> okay. a, a single-elimination tournament. Winner, so, uh, I guess, just gets a belt. I think that's okay. the thing I'm about to say. Oh, and by the way, the drama from him losing his wife and his kid comes back because his uh, kid has to watch him train now and she comes to every fight and there's quite a few of them where he's like knocked out comes back crazy miraculous comebacks underdog story okay yeah. um i mean that's freaking solid no you're right i had some comments and they just left my brain i'm um, trying to think if more people would see that than southpaw if <laughs> southpaw 2 took place in space 
because no one sold the first one. Yeah, he still has, you know... Um, a massive spending problem. He still has a, you know, a, incredible anger issues. You know, all all the things we love about Jake Gyllenhaal in the first Southpaw still relevant. He's just yeah. angry at aliens this time. Right. Yeah, I don't see where that could go wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want. Henry? Yeah. Um. Let me take a crack at um um i had one let me let me take a crack at about time oh about time the time traveling one okay so here's what that needs to be uh directed by michael bay okay all right i'm glad that that's its own genre um (laughs) yeah hmm. uh extreme oh here it's gonna be it's gotta be like gun fu action like john wick okay that's what you're going for so People discover about this character's ability to travel through time. Right. And he is now the the living MacGuffin of this movie. He is being chased throughout England, I guess, uh, by <laughs> sure. various hit companies because they see him as like an infinite redo pass to if they miss their mark, if they get killed in action, anything like that. They see him as the scapegoat so they can try again in this very dangerous uh, profession. So our main character doesn't know a lick of self-defense. So he is kind of this lost puppy character that needs to be guarded by the various agencies that are either trying to protect him or hunt him down. So it's this mix of time travel and um, practical martial arts that is really focused on like do- it, that it does not focus on like skipping through historical events because that's not how that time travel power works. But they use it as an opportunity to like respawn themselves. It's kind of like Edge of Tomorrow esque, but with Dominic Gleason as the Edge of Tomorrow focal point. Nice. Um, uh, um, Rachel McAdams also in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and conveniently they never travel back to the time during the sequence of events of about time <laughs> so it doesn't Conven- lose his kids conveniently unrelated all right well i mean everyone who likes uh john wick is gonna see that movie yeah uh-huh this sounds uh, kind of like looper but was not looper quite. a gun i don't think Lo- looper wasn't very actiony i thought looper was like it was. I think it was dry. disappointing how actioning it was, but like the plot is the same. So different theme, but the plot is similar. Okay. Um. Uh. But obviously jo- Joseph Gordon Lovett, Bruce Willis, whatever. Uh. Not bad. Yeah. I don't know if it's better than mine, but I, I don't will say think so. <laughs> mine was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I might get points for trying. Um. Well, that is jumping the shark. It's never coming back. I hope you like it. It was inspired by an erotic thriller, a.k.a. Uh, Shrek. Um, <laughs> so I was a little peek behind the curtain. All right, Alex, let's do your free ball and stuff first. I saw Inside Man um, starring Denzel Washington. This movie is so freaking boring. I forgot <laughs> I had seen it already. <laughs> it was so boring. I thought. I I was watching it for the first time and I had seen it already, dude. And apparently this movie's good enough that they made a sequel like 13 years later with a brand new cl- uh, cast. 
it's about like um bank robbers who have like a highly detailed and thought out plan um and they took hostages and they dress everybody up like themselves and denzel washington is a police officer who's negotiating the release and trying to obviously catch them it uh spoiler alert um the bad guys get away with it but you're like not really rooting against them the movie the reason i forget it and the reason why it's boring is the bad guys don't feel like bad guys because it's a mat it's like an ocean 11 italian job super thought out plan and you kind of just want to see if it works but denzel washington is obviously the good guy and you're rooting for him so you're like I want to see how this works, but I also want you to catch them. But can you catch them later so we can see how they do this? But it takes a long time to get there. There's a lot of red herrings in this, and it's just boring, bro. Denzel Washington plays Denzel Washington. He is the same character in this movie as he is stereotyped in all of his other movies. So that's really annoying. Um, It's just boring. I wouldn't recommend it. Some people like it because on paper... It's a dad thriller. Sure. It's a it's a crime, drama, whatever. It's not that interesting to watch, bro. Okay. I would not recommend it. I don't like it. I'm gonna give it a five flat. Okay. And you all and you had one more, right? Yeah, I watched the new Avatar, Way of Water. Yeah, what'd you think? Uh not as good as the first one. Interesting. And it's not close. It's not close. Um I think the first one was much better. I'm not saying this is a bad movie, but it's freaking three hours long and the best part is the last hour yeah it does have an hour-long finale so the hour-long finale is the best part of the movie the first two hours are so freaking boring the dialogue sucks jake sully is a pain to watch he is uninteresting and um there's not i mean it brings back we're we're reviving characters now which is super annoying because i thought this world was going to be way bigger it's not um so that really stinks so it it is frustrating because uh jake and natiri both kind of get demoted in this movie like they were the stars of the movie zoe saldana is amazing so getting to see a fraction of what i saw before is annoying and she's the best actor in this movie yes 100 percent. so so every time sam worthington freaking aka jake sully comes around i'm like i don't believe you I don't believe you. You were in the Marine Corps for what? One enlistment? And you're having your kids call you sir? Give me a <laughs> break. Dude, it was all so cringy military BS. And then we're reviving bad guys and they're just doing the same thing that bad guys do. And then like there's a bunch of kids we have to get introduced to. It's just not it's not the first one. I was dis- I was very disappointed with this movie. Um I really like the world, like, because this movie was one of my favorites from the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm willing to admit that recency bias maybe had something to do with it, but like, I don't abhorrently disagree with ev- with the retrospective that I have on that movie. Um, I still think the world building in that movie is super cool. Um, I thought a lot of the kid characters shined in like a pretty good way. There were some annoying kid characters, but like. It was not annoying across the board, which is not easy to do. Um, but yeah. I just I thought it was a really. I mean, cool there's still tropes where movie. like the youngest is only in the way. Yeah, yeah. it's I don't know. I just it's a world building as far as me and the water tribe. Sick. Um, it does feel weird that there's like an equivalent to what the forest tribe does, almost one for one, um, except for the whale turtle things. 
Sure, yeah. Which I forget their name. I literally just watched it, but I forgot the name. Those were dope. And it's cool that they're like, oh, these beings are more smart. They're smarter than we are. They have stories. They have lives. They can communicate with them. That was very cool. Um, I don't know, dude. I I was just disappointed with this movie. That part of the world building was cool. But the thing is, this movie on IMDb, it lists as three hours and 19 minutes long. And the last hour is the most exciting part. Yeah. It's a tough call to be like, hey, this movie's going to be okay. It's okay. It's not bad. It's just my expectations were so high because everyone loves this movie. And the first one's really good to like the first two hours. You're like, just it. it's a little grindy. It's just too long of a movie. And there's yeah, multiple sure. areas where they could have cut it down. Last hour makes it good, though. So watch at your own risk, I guess. Um, I'm giving it a 6.75. Okay. All right. This one is not going to be easy, but we have to do it. Okay. We're going to talk about The Flash. Um, okay. With, with Ezra Miller. Yes. So, okay. for context, The Flash has been my favorite Justice League character and just in general, like, my favorite superhero since I was a kid. The Flash is my guy. In high school, it was part of my brand. Um, yep. So, I've been waiting for this movie for a very long time. I was very excited for this movie. Um, James Gunn and weirdly Tom Cruise were like hyping this movie up to no end. James Gunn is like, this is the best superhero movie I've ever seen. And but then as it's getting closer to the release date, audiences are like, this movie isn't looking to be very good. Uh, We kind of don't know what to expect. So I went in just cautiously optimistic. It's a flash movie, regardless of you know, the controversy that it's in. This is a movie that I have been waiting for, for a very long time. This movie sucks just straight up. So, um, I have never liked Ezra Miller's performance of Barry Allen. They perform, they, they're doing a different character. Barry is not this like neurotic, impatient, like the characterization is just like not right. You know, um, Barry has kind of always accepted the hero's call and this version of Barry doesn't. And that's just not really an attitude that I love. And so I've never liked Ezra's performance as Barry. They, they are doing Bart Allen, not Barry Allen pedantic. I know, but whatever. Um, Is that that Ezra Miller's fault? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I believe you. (laughs) Um, and so now imagine two of them because <laughs> there are two berries in this movie. Oh, so geez. that was annoying. Second piece right off the rip. They are adapting maybe the worst thing to adapt for the first theatrical flash run. They are adapting a piece of media called uh, the Flashpoint Paradox, where Barry goes back in time, saves his mother, and a ripple effect occurs. Um, That only works if you have built-in Flash lore. If we're just going into the Flash off the rip doing Flashpoint Paradox, you are leaving your audience in the dust. And it shows. Um, Second, I already said second. Next, there's no Flash villain. In this movie, there's only one antagonist. It's General Zod, and he has like 10 minutes of screen time. The what movie, the heck? this is as much a Flash movie as Civil War is a Captain America movie. Oh, 
That's a very good point. I know exactly what you mean. So everybody that's seen this movie is seeing it for Michael Keaton's Batman and not the Flash, which is totally fair. All the Batman stuff rips. Watching Michael Keaton's <laughs> Batman do Batman stuff is very cool. Watching him punch dudes and like jump over people and throw them into each other. Very cool. Good job, Michael Keaton. Proud of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also super gore. <laughs> And also Supergirl is cool. She does a very good job. Like those two characters, I do not have a problem with in terms of their performance. I just don't like that they're in the movie at all. Like there's no reverse flash. There's no Captain Cold. Hell, I would have settled for Captain Boomerang at this point. Like, Jeez, bro. I, I, and people complain about the CGI. It's not Gemini man level bad. Um, but it's pretty rough. Well, when you're comparing it to Gemini Man, that's freaking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. That's not a uh, good comparison. <laughs> um, the first scene where we see Barry go fast, here's another inconsistency, is the movie can't decide if Barry is speeding himself up or slowing the world around him down. And that inconsistency is noticeable. Like, you wouldn't think it's that big of a deal, But when your movie is entirely about someone that goes fast, flippantly changing the rules makes your movie incredibly unorganized. And so is it one of those things he's going so fast, everything slips, slows down or is he going kind of fast? So everything is normal speed. He's just lightning fast. So that's just like different variants of speed. Okay. So his super speed is supposed to be him speeding himself up. And I wouldn't mind if he was slowing the world around him down. If they made that change, I wouldn't mind if they consistently did it. It's just the way he interacts with the world is not conducive to one or the other. It goes back and forth. Um, so it's just How would you, all do, these. Okay, so I'm a little confused. What does it look like? Is like, Do you know Quicksilver from X-Men? Yes. Okay. That's a good. Which one is that? So the movie, we see it as the world around him slowing down. That's how you have to depict super speed. But like, I, it's been a week since I've seen the movie, so I don't have direct examples for you, but there are moments where he interacts with the world in a way that only works if everything around him is slower than he is rather than him being faster than everything else. I know that's a very pedantic thing to like um, correct, but like if you see the movie, that complaint makes more sense. Um, okay, got you. Uh, the fan service in this movie simply does not work. Just across the board, does not work. Um, like I said, the Keaton stuff is fine, um, but the final act of the movie is all fan service. Um, as the two berries are effectively destroying the timeline, you see alternate realities start to collide in with each other. And all these alternate realities have like Christopher Reeves is Superman and, um, the 80s Supergirl. And we see a clip of Adam West's Batman and, um, the original suit Superman from like the, the original TV serials. So like, It's all these like clips for nostalgia bait that effectively add up to nothing and also look like garbage. And yeah, dude, I feel like ever since this whole multiverse thing with Marvel came out, it's just everyone's doing their own version. 
and it's so annoying. And I I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, every, I knew it was going to get old fast. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I think they made a movie about it, and that's the entire movie, and it's great. And now I'm over it. I, I mean, um, Far From Home did it. And they tapped in everyone's nostalgia. They probably did the best as far as nostalgia goes. I just don't want to keep singing it. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'm going to watch this movie from Michael Keaton. So I guess I'm a liar. But I might not <laughs> enjoy it as much as I used to. Like, that, it's not cool anymore. So this movie is drowned in a litany of problems that I, when I watched this movie, the, the credits were rolling. I was watching it with a friend of mine and we both kind of agreed it was okay. The, when the movie ended, I was like, it's like a six out of 10. Like I'm a little disappointed it wasn't better, but like it's not offensively bad. But the longer I think about it, the more upset I get that this was the movie we got. This movie got announced in like 2013 and then Ezra Miller got cast in like 2014 or 2015. Now, to be fair, this movie has gone through like four directors and several delays, but going through all that work, all that trouble, and this is the movie that comes out at the end of it, like I genuinely would rather not have a Flash movie at all than have this Flash movie. It's a waste of time just up and down um there are cool moments in it but like when this movie gets released digitally people are gonna instantly make like a compilation on youtube that's all michael keaton fight scenes that's the best version of the movie to watch that's it so this movie is a four out of ten and and i need to stop now otherwise i'm going to continue to get angry and I need, I just, I can't handle this movie. Actually, it makes me happy. The best part about this movie is that if it bombs hard enough, maybe that will finally convince WB to recast Ezra Miller. That, that's what we're hoping for, boys. Can we like, make this movie bomb so hard they realize they need a different person? Yeah, Maybe I not a predator this time. Maybe. They were thinking about pulling it, and they decided to release it anyway, probably under multiple edits. I wonder if it's just going to make money. Cause I think it's literally going to come down to, like you said, does this movie make money? If so, how much? Like, was it worth it? The budget is $200 million. It's grossed worldwide. 135 is that what you're saying 135 million yeah um it had a it, it's the lowest grossing that's not true shazam grossed lower but this movie grossed less than black adam did and black adam was a commercial failure as well so um and also let me tell you the movie's dead people aren't seeing it this is uh and it's only gonna go down from here because opening yeah. week is over so it Hopefully it flops. Yeah. So that's the flash. Don't see it. Even when it comes on max in six weeks, like it's gang, it's really not worth your time. Anyway, uh, what are we watching next week? Weeks when I do my review on the freaking podcast, uh, we're going to watch blue Valentine as part of our new themed month, summertime sadness, because there's a lot of sad movies out there and we wanted to pick the optimal time to watch them because something is, uh, uh, something. What am I trying to say here? It's hard to watch sad things when the weather sucks. So we're going to watch sad things when the weather's great so we can rebound. <laughs> One of two things of is going to happen. Either yeah. we're going to go outside after watching a sad movie and let that make us feel better. 
or we're going to accidentally Pavlov ourselves into associating nice weather with sad movies. So right. stick around to see how this goes out. Yeah. So we're watching Blue Valentine. It's got Ryan Gosling in it. It's not The Notebook. Um, <laughs> watch it if you want. It's all of July. But until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And we are done with Transformers. <laughs> Tell your mom uh, she can start listening to the podcast again. See you next week. Deuces.